Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Thursday. This is Seattle Now. There's a big backlog of people in jail who are stuck, waiting for mental health workers to determine if they're competent to stand trial. King County prosecutors estimate as of last month, there are 350 felony cases in limbo. Some people have been waiting for months. Seattle Times reporter Esme Jimenez is here to give us some insight into what's going on and tell us why the county says the state should have to cover the cost. But first, let's get you caught up. Microsoft and Amazon each got a piece of a massive $9 billion defense contract. The Pentagon split the cloud computing contract between four firms, which also includes Google and Oracle. The previous contract, known as Jedi, was canceled after delays and lawsuits from Amazon, alleging potential interference from the Trump administration. The joint warfighter cloud capability is expected to be the backbone of the Defense Department's modern war operations. Check your bus route before you head out today. King County Metro has had to temporarily suspend service on 19 routes after two operators identified an issue with the steering system. Metro says there were no accidents or injuries, but they're pulling 126 buses off the road while they work on a fix with the manufacturer. And before we start the show, I just want to take a moment to ask for your support. Straight up, your financial contributions make Seattle Now possible. We make it for you, but we also can't do it without you. We're raising money for KUOW this week. Our goal is for 100 Seattle Now listeners to become donors. Take a moment. Chip in what you can, man. There's a link in the show notes. And thanks. Joshua Marsh was arrested in January after refusing to leave a grocery store in Ocean Shores. He was in the middle of a mental health episode where officers noted his conversation was nonsensical. He spent eight months in jail waiting to be evaluated before being moved to Western State Hospital in September. Yeah, I shouldn't have been in here that this long. I was only supposed to be in here no longer than three months. Before being released in November... Joshua was one of hundreds of people in jail waiting to be deemed fit for trial or given further mental health treatment. Seattle Times reporter Esme Jimenez looked into the backlog to see what's happening and who's being affected. Esme, really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for taking the time. How is it that people are being left so long in this situation? Well, it's a little bit tricky, but the short of it is just that there's so many of them awaiting competency and then restoration services, and those services can take anywhere from 45 to 90 days at a state psychiatric hospital. So you can see that's where the backlog starts uh, coming in. And then in the first place, we've never had enough beds in the state to provide mental health services to all the people that need them. Okay. Now, this is a long-time issue, like you just said. Department of Social and Health Services, which is responsible for doing these competency hearings, says they're struggling with staff. Is that an acceptable answer to people at King County Jail? It is, and it's not at the same time. That is an issue that has occurred with the jail and with state hospitals for years before any of this started. Mental health is notoriously really hard to refund in terms of insurances, in terms of getting all the right agencies involved. People, the patients themselves, have a harder time advocating, so they need family members to be involved. They need someone to be their advocate there if they're not able to advocate for themselves. 
But the workforce issue has has really gotten so much worse during COVID-19. People burn out. State psychiatric hospitals are hard places to work on unless you're very well trained and have the resources to keep yourself healthy as a staff member. So what a lot of people do is they start in crisis work, like at state hospitals. They get their hours, and then eventually they leave if they're therapists, and they go into private practice, which, to be fair, you know they get more money. Sometimes they don't have to work with insurances. And sometimes they work from the comfort of their home and in safer conditions, some would say. So these are high stakes jobs with a significant amount of turnover, Esme. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. This holding situation can't be good for people who need mental health treatment. Jail is not a substitute for mental health treatment. That's an established fact. What are you hearing about how it's showing up for people? Honestly, that it also has other ripple effects. In Joshua Marsh's case, he has a colostomy bag. And so he struggled at the beginning when he was in jail trying to explain to officers, hey, I need another bag. Otherwise, I can have an accident. Um, I need it to be clean. I need to have regular showers. I need certain things just to be medically safe and healthy. And so even once he got transferred to the state psychiatric hospital months later, he had to have the conversation again. So for anybody that has any kind of dual diagnosis, any other kind of medical services that they may need, that's a huge struggle as well. And it's also very costly for the jails. Who's paying attention to this, Esme? Who's advocating for the jails and for the people inside? That's a great question. Uh, Disability Rights Washington. So all of this stems back from a class action lawsuit going back to 2014, 2015, a settlement that occurred in 2018. They're a huge organization that focuses on the rights of people with severe mental illness to make sure that they get services, not just in jail, but hopefully actual medical services. The other thing that advocates will remind me is these are basic mental health services. It's not like this is actually one-on-one talk therapy. In some cases, folks are medicated. Um, if there's a forced medication order as well from a judge, that's a possibility. That's not always true, though. Um, so people are just in this really tricky spot. And I know family members also really care about this. I still get emails from folks saying, hey, my son is in jail. What can I do? Oh, my gosh. So King County is asking for $200 a day until this issue is resolved. What are those numbers looking like right now? That's a great point. So they have about seven cases where they would get $200 a day per person. So that's going to add up really fast. And we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars, depending on how long this waiting is happening. And the thing that I want to remind the listener is someone has to pay at the end of the day, whether that's the state psychiatric hospitals or the jails. Someone will pay to take care of these folks. Yeah. As a result of this problem and the extreme pressure, as me judges and county prosecutors, as you reported, are beginning to dismiss less egregious cases rather than have people wait for months without trial. That sounds like a potential problem for the public and the person who's not being treated. Let's talk a little bit about that scenario. Absolutely. So Rebecca Vasquez at the prosecutor's office here in King County I was surprised to hear in her voice just how serious this breaking point is getting, that she's having to really consider, okay, do I let this person go or this person go? Because I know the judge is going to get antsy. We cannot charge people who have not actually been tried in court. And so to detain them for months on end without proper treatment has already been settled in a court of law before. Um, And in terms of getting people actual treatment, you're absolutely right. While some cases I've heard from parents that their kids, especially if they have any addiction, they can kind of dry out while they're waiting in jail. That's not the same thing as actually getting medical care, especially around psychiatric medication, talk therapy, and specifically things like, you know, homelessness support, housing support, financial support, job support, all the things that a human being needs to live safe, healthy lives outside of jail. Yeah. Some of these cases are not violent, but there are also victims out there. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I've seen other reporters also covering on this and victims coming forward and saying, you know, I don't want these people to just suffer. I want them to get treatment. I want them to get help. And so I think that's the thing that everyone agrees on. We just seem to have a hard time figuring out how to get there. Yeah, yeah. Esme, what's being done to try to remedy this situation right now? So DSHS is looking actively for more workers. If they have more workers, then they can actually get people through the system faster, is what they're saying. There's also programs called Forensic Navigators, where they bring an individual in, and that person serves as an advocate for each person in jail. And they try to get them through the system a little bit faster in terms of finding them a bed, getting them their medication, any social work help, and then what it actually looks like to bring them back into the community. So what you're talking about here is a continuum, but is there any point in time where you will be checking back in and there needs to be some kind of resolution? Is anybody calling for a deadline here? No deadline yet. I think there's a lot of finger pointing between the different agencies and politicians. Uh, Again, all agreeing something must be done, and yet no one wants to pay for it. What are you looking for in this story moving forward? So I'll be following up on some stories around prosecutors and what they're able to do. In some cases, I've heard prosecutors talk about that the role that they're in, the thing that they can do is stack charges. So in some of these cases where it's a misdemeanor, you know, charges will be dropped in some cases. In other cases, if they escalate that and add them in together, it might count as a felony, in which case that person is prioritized to get into Western State Hospital. Um, which is a very unfortunate circumstance that, that that's the best choice prosecutors think is out there to get people help. I just want to reiterate what you said, Esme, that prosecutors are clumping misdemeanors together to turn them into felonies so people can get care more quickly. Absolutely, which again is means a lot for that person. Once they get out of jail, it's much harder for them to get ser- certain services and housing. So we ultimately kick the can down the road. Esme Jimenez is a reporter at the Seattle Times. Really appreciate it, Esme. Thank you for shedding light on this. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Vaughn Jones produced today's episode. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, Jenny Cecil Moore, and Brandy Fullwood. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow.